New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support. Hello, I'm Michael Toms. Welcome to the New Dimensions Cafe. Today I'm hosting Don Latin. He's the author of The Harvard Psychedelic Club, how Timothy Leary, Ram Dass, Houston Smith, and Andrew Weil killed the 50s and ushered in a new age for America. Don, welcome to the New Dimensions Cafe. Thank you, Michael. So as someone who's certainly familiar with other cultures and has traveled the world, and uh, I'm just wondering from your perspective in this ever-morphing worldscape, ever-changing worldscape, what do you see out there as you look at it in this moment in time? Boy, that's a big question. <laughs> well, I, I wish I could say, you know, that I was Louis Armstrong and I could sing What a Wonderful World It Would Be, but I don't really see <laughs> I don't see that happening. You know, I, I, I look at our country and I see the real dumbing down of America and people just distracted and brainwashed by television and the celebrity culture. And I'm sorry to be pessimistic, but, um, you know, I, I, I am in, 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 in some ways. And you look at what's happening in... People aren't reading. People aren't thinking. You know, uh, and, I, and I think they were more, especially back in you know the '60s and 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 '70s. You know, I've been I wrote this book about you know sort of the legacy of the '60s and '70s, and there was not just in terms of you know the new age or spirituality, but in terms of you know politics, civil rights movement, you know all all of that. I mean, it seems like uh, there was such a backlash against the '60s in the 80s, the age of Reagan and all of that. A lot of it inspired by one of the characters in my book, Timothy Leary, who, who uh, you know, was one of the most divisive figures of that decade. I mean, he was one of the most revered and reviled figures of that decade. Richard Nixon called him the most dangerous man in America. So there has been this backlash. You know, in some ways, I think we're getting over it, maybe. You know, I mean, of course, the election of Barack Obama, we started talking about, you know, hope and change, at least for a few months we did. Yes. You know, um, in, in a way, uh, when I was doing interviews for my book, you know, a lot of the, the central part of the story takes place in the fall of 1960, when Kennedy was elected. And a lot of people who were around then at Harvard said, you know, it was a similar feeling as it had now with, with Obama. You know, there was like, people were using words like hope, you know, and, and, and change. And uh, so hopefully, well, it'll, it'll, it'll last at least as long as it did in the 60s, this cycle of, of things. You know, of course, the 60s, there was a lot of horror and violence in the 60s as well. The war in Vietnam was going on. But there just seemed to be, uh, in some ways, a different spirit that I see now. People were more engaged, more involved, uh, more caring and concerned about each other, it seemed to me. Um, or maybe I'm just getting old and grumpy. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, looking at, the, at what happened at the Harvard Psychedelic Club, the, the use of LSD and so forth, um, it's true, really, in the 50s, uh, the CIA was experimenting with LSD. Yeah, well, people forget that, that LSD was, there was a lot of research going on, all kinds of ways. Some of it was, was by, you know, reputable researchers looking for, for beneficial uses for psychedelics to treat even everything from uh, alcoholism to what we now call post-traumatic stress disorder, depression, uh, and also as, a, as a, something that can inspire creativity and new ways of thinking. And uh, but on the other hand, the CIA was doing research to see if LSD could be used uh, as a chemical weapon, uh, 
I like to say as a, as a weapon of mass distraction <laughs> rather than destruction. Yes. And they were doing research that was a lot more dangerous and unethical than anything Leary and Alpert did. I mean, I write about this a little bit in the book, and the conclusion is that in the 50s, they were they were giving drugs to undergraduates at Harvard, which is the reason that Leary and Alpert were were kicked out of Harvard. But they were they were doing it to see what kind of a psychosis they could they could induce. Not not to help them have some kind of a mystical <laughs> spiritual yes. experience, and uh, also the other because a lot of other researchers say they were they were giving drugs to people unwittingly, not knowing they were getting it, and a lot of people had serious problems because of that. And what what I think what everyone learned is no one can control what happens on LSD. Leary couldn't control it, and the CIA couldn't control it. Um, but uh, yeah, there were some casualties from in both in both camps. Yeah. Know. There were some also some, some uh, interesting folks that got involved in the project, and I'm thinking of uh, Ted Kaczynski, for one. Yeah, well, I, I don't get into this a lot in my book, because there's a whole other book called Harvard and the Unabomber about this, but yeah. Ted Kaczynski, <clears throat> the Unabomber, who you might remember, you know, he, he, was, he was railing against technology, and also about human subjects being used in experiments. Well, he was, not in Leary and Alpert's experiment, yes. but... Earlier in the 50s, there was CIA and Army-funded uh, psychological tests done at Harvard, stress tests to see how you could stress people out with various psychological techniques and interrogation techniques. Sometimes they were given psychedelic drugs. Other times they weren't. Other, other, other sorts of uh, things were thrown at them. It's unclear whether Kaczynski had LSD or not. But he definitely was one of the subjects in the psychological stress tests, which were conducted by a predecessor of Leary and Alpert at Harvard named Harry Murray, who used to work for the OSS in World War II, which was the pre precursor of the CIA. So, uh, <laughs> and uh, so there was, yeah, there was all kinds of, I mean, this, a lot of this came out, you know, years ago, this, uh, you know, the MK Ultra experiments. My, my favorite one is the CIA actually set up a brothel in San Francisco where they had a, you know, a, a two-way mirror where they could look into where the prostitutes were entertaining the customers. And they had LSD-laced swizzle sticks in the cocktails. This actually happened, according to government reports. I'm not making this up. <laughs> and then they would film what happened to the customers on, the, on LSD. And this was part of the MK Ultra experiment. I mean, if somebody, as a, as a reporter for a newspaper, I mean, if somebody would have would call, I used, I used to get calls from people, all kinds of crazy stories. You know, the CIA's after me. I mean, yes. getting signals in my fillings from Mars or something. Yes. <laughs> you know, who do you believe? Who do you not believe? Well, once I heard this story was actually true, and, and according to government documents, what what can you what can you discount? You know, I mean, when, so now when someone calls me and says he's the Messiah, I have to kind of pay attention. Maybe he is. You know, who knows? Uh, <laughs> so much crazy stuff going on out there. Right. Also, um, Bill Ayers, who was the Weather Underground leader who helped Timothy Larry escape yeah, from prison. Yeah, yeah. Soledad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, it wasn't Soledad. It was, it, was a, it was a men's colony in San Luis Obispo. That's but, it, right, But yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, Leary was, was in prison, long prison sentence for a very minor marijuana charge. And uh, he escaped from prison. You know, it was a minimum, mi minimum to medium security prison. He had to, you know, climb up this over this chain link fence and razor wire and down a, another wire, a support wire for a, for a telephone pole. But he, you know, it wasn't easy. But he got he got out, and he was picked up by uh, Weather Underground, who sm basically smuggled him uh, out of the country. 
and off to uh, Algeria, where he hooked up with Eldridge Cleaver and the Black Panthers, who were who were living in exile. They had what they called their their own embassy in Libya. <laughs> in, yeah. in, in Libya, yeah, Libya. I'm sorry, and. Uh, and yeah, and Bill Ayers and Bernadette Dorn—they were both personally in, in, involved with this. And then, of course, years later, Bill Ayers comes back as Barack Obama's terrorist pal, right? <laughs> After dropping off the radar screen for a long time. Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, there's uh, Peggy Hitchcock, who was the heiress to the yeah, banking yeah. and oil fortune. I had a great interview Mellon. with Peggy for the book. Yeah, yeah and. Uh, so she persuaded her brothers to, to let them take over Millbrook. Yeah, they they were uh, you know trust fund kids, uh, heirs and heiresses to you know it was the Mellon, it was the Gulf Oil and the Mellon banking fortunes. And um, Peggy uh, met Leary at a kind of a salon in uh, New York City, and they were lovers for a while and friends and colleagues. And uh, she was one of his patrons uh, and helped fund his uh, some of his activities after he got kicked out of Harvard. And the main thing that she did was her brothers, um, especially Billy Hitchcock, had, they had bought uh, this, this incredible estate up in up, upstate New York, you know, a 64-room mansion and, you know, it was like a couple hundred acres yes. and then all these outbuildings called Millbrook. And they actually bought it as a tax write-off. There was actually some cattle there, so it was officially a cattle ranch or something. So they got a tax write-off. They weren't using it. Yes, of course, right. <laughs> so so uh, they, 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 they leased it to, for a dollar a year to Leary and Alpert. And, the, and once they got kicked out of Harvard, after a little brief excursion in the Caribbean where they tried to set up some things there and were, were chased out. By this, by through the work with the CIA, by the way, it turned out later, they they settled in Millbrook, and it was kind of the psychedelic Disneyland on the East Coast for a few years. And it was really before the whole scene started out in San Francisco. It was kind of a precursor to that. I mean, it was just starting here with Ken out in, out in the Bay Area, Ken Kesey and, and then the Merry Pranksters. But, uh, well, but yeah, that was Peggy Hitchcock who who set them up with at Millbrook. Yeah, uh, and also Leary was uh, he ha- he was uh, hanging out with this beautiful model. Yeah, Nena Van Schulberg, yeah, uh, and they, they were they were married uh, uh, for uh, for about ten minutes, <laughs> and she wound up uh, marrying uh, after after Leary wound up marrying Robert Thurman, and their child is Uma Thurman. So uh, she's a product of the, of of this of this story as well. Yes. Also, with regard to uh, Allen Ginsberg, who's who's kind of squeezes his way into every. Every, Alan Ginsberg is amazing, isn't he? I mean, he seems to pop up on the cusp of everything happening in the fifties and sixties. You know, whether it's whether it's the beat scene with Kerouac, you know, and Cassidy, and and, and all of that, or uh, later on, you know, the whole Summer of Love and the Human Being in San Francisco and uh, various other things. But in in the fall of nineteen sixty, he was thinking of himself as being a real partner and player in this psychedelic drug research he moved on fairly quickly but he was he was staying he was staying at uh, Leary's house for a while with his, uh, his lover Peter Olofsky uh, and all kinds of other people were coming in uh, William Burroughs you know yes. the writer and infamous heroin addict uh, he was living up in the attic in Leary's house for a while Leary had this idea that he was wanted to give uh, psychedelics to writers and intellectuals and artists and um, uh, Maynard Ferguson, the jazz musician, he was he was very involved in this, um, and, and, and other artists uh, to see if psychedelics could be how they could sp- spur creativity. So there was a lot of, I mean, there was a lot of amazing stuff going on, and a lot of uh, pretty wild partying going on too. Yes. Yeah. 
So now it seems we've come full circle because now uh, the government is starting to license legitimate LSD yeah, research again. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Actually, I'm just working on a magazine piece about about that. About this whole there's a whole new wave of psychedelic drug research, and it's taken 40 years. The backlash lasted 40 years. You started seeing it uh, about five or 10 years ago. The this is FDA approved research, mostly involving uh, MDMA, aka ecstasy. And uh, psilocybin, not so much with LSD. There's still a little taboo about LSD, although that's starting to change, too. But one of the most interesting uh, research projects involves using ecstasy to treat Iraqi war veterans returning to the U.S. with PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. And uh, some of this work is funded by this organization, MAPS, the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies, because there's still, it's hard to get funding for this, they, but they're able to get approval to do the test. And there's a, all kinds of hoops you have to jump through, regulatory yes. hoops, you know, for good reason, before, before doing drug testing on human subjects. Yes. And these drugs were classified as Schedule One, meaning... Really, they shouldn't have been because they could be used for research and for possible, you know, medical benefits under, you know, physician's right. prescription or with a trained psychiatrist or something. They were put Schedule 1, which, which means they have no uh, – uh, they they, they're dangerous, easily abused, which you could argue that, yeah, that's true. But they have no, medi no possible medical use. And that's what these this new rave of researchers are questioning, and they're finding some 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 success in early tests using, for instance, ecstasy with uh, with post traumatic stress disorder. They're also uh, using psychedelic drugs with uh, end stage cancer patients dealing with that end of life issues and grief. Um, uh, cluster headaches. There's some indications that LSD actually can be used to treat cluster headaches, which are these headaches which are much much worse than migraines. Um, so there's all kinds of interesting research going on. All of a sudden, it's really taken that long for the backlash to subside. And a lot of it, not all of it, of course, but a lot of it, I think, you can lay at the feet of, of Timothy Leary. Yes. So if we were to fast forward, say, from 2010 to 2020, uh, and you had all your druthers, <laughs> no obstacles, what would you like to see the world be like in 2020? Boy, you, you have some hard questions here in your cafe, I tell you. <laughs> why, do, why do I feel like singing uh, What a Wonderful World It Would Be? <laughs> uh, you know, uh, what, what would I like to see? Well, I'd like to see world peace. I'm sorry. It seems like a cliche, but, boy, we could sure use it now. You know, I'd like to see all the money that we're spending in this country on armaments being used for the, all the schools where we're slashing their budgets. And, yes. And you know, I'd like to see I'd like to see the the uprising of of progressive left of uh, people who are actually asking hard questions about how the where the country's resources are how they're being allocated. You know, I mean, it sort of amazes me that there's so much apathy today compared to the '60s. Uh, and uh, you know, it's hard to know why. I mean, I think in terms of the war. Our wars now, it's probably it's obviously the draft is the big difference because they're, you know, people aren't living with that threat personally. But you'd think that 
I don't know, you just think that there would be more questioning about what, what's going on with this endless wars we seem to get involved and get involved with. In terms of the drug front, I mean, I think there's a lot of things changing. I mean, there's a there's an initiative to basically legalize marijuana for recreational use in California right now. Yes. And let's just say, yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, you know it's a relatively harmless drug, especially compared to something like alcohol. And so, you know, maybe we'll see some, you know, a, a, a more enlightened policy towards towards drug use. I mean, I personally think that all drugs should be legal and that they should be taxed and that money should be definitely set aside for drug treatment programs for people who have problems with, with substance abuse, that that's a much smarter way to handle it than, than criminalization. You know, Andy Wall's been an advocate of that for yeah, decades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's so obvious when you, th- you see what's happening with the whole, I mean, when in Mexico and Colombia and just the, you know, the, 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 the problems, the, the, the incredible social problems that are produced by the, the, such as the drug war, it's the drug economy. It's the underground drug economy that fuels yes. all this, yes. you know. Um, so uh, those are a couple of things. Uh, sure, yeah. <laughs> So if there was one thing you could leave our listeners with, what would that one thing be? (laughs) Try to have a little love and compassion towards each other. That's a good one. Don, thank you for being on the New Dimensions Cafe. You're welcome. Great speaking with you. I've been talking with Don Latin, and he's the author of The Harvard Psychedelic Club, How Timothy Leary, Ramdas, Houston Smith, and Andrew Weil Killed the 50s and Ushered in a New Age for America published by Harper One. And if you'd like more information, you can go to the website, donlatin.com. That's don, L-A-T-T-I-N, dot com. You can also get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org. My name is Michael Toms, and I want to thank you for joining us in the New Dimensions Cafe. And please do come back again, and don't forget to do something good out there in the world. You've been listening to the New Dimensions Cafe. This series of shorter interviews features many of the remarkable guests also featured on our internationally syndicated one-hour New Dimensions radio series. To access more than a thousand hours of programs, to subscribe to our newsletters, or to become a member, please visit us at newdimensions.org. New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You, too, can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support.